You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. Happy month of the mama. I hope all of you boss ladies had an incredible Mother's Day. Did you catch last week's episode sharing birth stories from the amazing women in our community? The stories this year, same as every year, were so good, so inspiring, so many different experiences, and just such a reminder of how powerful we mamas really are. I love putting that episode together and being able to have a platform for women to share their birth stories, and it was really fun to revisit my birth story um, that I really hadn't told since the Mother's Day after. After I had Nora. And so it's been a few years and getting ready to, you know, do it all again. It was fun to kind of revisit that and a little scary, to be honest. But um, yeah, I just love that episode. So if you haven't tuned into that yet, make sure you go check it out because, again, it's one of my favorite episodes, if not my favorite episode, um, that we put out every year. And yeah, I just hope everybody's enjoying their month, right? Like, May is not just Mother's Day. It is our entire month. At least I'm claiming that it is. And that's what we're doing over here on Boss Ladies and Babies podcast this year. We are making the entire month of May about the mama. And so with that being said, I wanted to spend some time on today's episode to kind of talk about the motherhood experience and what motherhood really means to me since I am a mama of a three and a half year old. Oh my gosh, she's older than three and a half now. I'm going to have to start saying like an almost four year old soon and soon to be mama again. You know, I've been reflecting a lot on motherhood and my motherhood journey and my, my experiences and, you know, what motherhood meant to me before and what it means to me now with another one on the way. And I just thought I would come on here and share my thoughts since we are honoring all the mamas this month. And, you know, you know, I love to be vulnerable. So get into it a little bit about how I'm feeling with motherhood in general. So we are going to get into that here. I wanted to give you some highs and lows since I didn't do that last week on our Mother's Day episode. And I have some exciting and like intense stuff to share. So I'm going to jump into my highs and lows. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll just start chatting about motherhood. So my high is we went on a family vacation for my husband's 40th birthday. And oh my gosh, it ages me so much saying that I have a 40-year-old husband. <laughs> I feel like that just puts me in another age category because I'm oh, like over five years younger than him. And so, um, yeah, I feel like, wait, I'm not 40 yet. <laughs> not that 40 is old. It just, it feels weird to say I'm married to a 40-year-old man, <laughs> but We went um, to Bend, Oregon, which was so much fun. We went for an entire week, just the three of us, and we celebrated him and we just really enjoyed like our last big vacation as a family of three, which was really fun. And we had the most perfect Airbnb, like right in the heart of Bend, and we did all of the things that we could possibly cram into those six days that we were there, including visiting a lava tube, which was like this really awesome cave that you had to go down a 25 foot like metal staircase into a hole in the ground. And it was pitch black in there. And you got to walk all around inside of this cave where you couldn't see anything. You had to have flashlights. It was actually really scary. And I probably wouldn't have done it if Nora wasn't there because she was being really brave and she forced me to be brave. Um, But that was definitely a highlight. We also had a picnic with alpacas. Yes. You heard me, a picnic with alpacas. It was an experience I bought through Airbnb where we went to this farm and they had like this field with alpacas in it and a whole picnic table, fancy picnic table set up for us um, with this beautiful lunch and beautiful spread. 
and some alpaca food. And so we got to eat our lunch and feed these alpacas. And it was, it was a really unique experience and it was super fun. Um, and then we also just did like a lot of exploring. We did a scavenger hunt all around downtown Bend and had lots of great food. My husband had all the great beer, which I was able to smell and they all smelled delicious. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just, I don't know, we had the best time. It was, um, a really cool experience to do that with our daughter because we didn't do anything that we wouldn't have done if she wasn't there. I mean, it really felt like she was just like hanging out with us and that kid, that kid can hang. I'm telling you, it was a long car ride both ways and late nights and huge packed busy days and that kid can hang. It was, it was an awesome time and awesome experience. So definitely, a great vacation for the memory books. And I just am so glad that we got to do that before baby number two comes. My low, <laughs> this is pretty intense, um, was actually the day before we left for our trip. Um, we left on a Sunday. So we planned it so that we had all of Saturday to get ready for the trip. And you mamas can attest to this, like getting ready for the trip entails mom being the one who is packing all the bags and planning all the things, right? Like, sure, dad tries to help, but he doesn't really know all of the things that we need and how to pack for the kids and, you know, all those things. And so my husband was helping by keeping my daughter entertained for the whole day so I could run around and get everybody packed and run the last minute errands and do all the things you have to do before vacation. And as the day was going on, I was noticing that my stomach was like tightening a lot. Like I was having, um, not, it wasn't cramping. They weren't painful, but it was definitely felt like Braxton Hicks contractions. And so I was thinking to myself all day, like, okay, well I'm just on my feet. Like I need to make sure I'm drinking a lot of water today. I'm just like, you know, a little bit stressed out and I'm running around a lot more than I normally do trying to get everything done. And I'm sure that's all it is. So I was just trying to drink water and, you know, just try to not really pay attention to what was going on because it didn't hurt. It was just like, you know, the feeling like it gets really tight and then it loosens and what what have you. So the day was going on. It was getting close to evening time and I was like, okay, this is not getting better. In fact, it's getting worse. Like I'm really noticing how often this is happening. We're leaving on this, you know, five, six hour road trip tomorrow. Like I'm just going to call my doctor so that they can tell me it's fine. Like there's nothing for you to worry about. So I called my doctor and I told them what was going on and they were kind of like, well, that's not really normal with how often you're describing these happening because even on the phone for like a less than 10 minute phone call, it happened like three or four times. And so they're like, that's not really normal. You know, we're going to, we're going to talk to the on-call doctor and see like what they think you should do. Cause of course it's a Saturday after five o'clock. And so you know, I get off the phone with them. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, well, now I'm kind of freaking out. Like, what is this? I'm only, at the time I was only, what, 27 weeks or something? I'm I'm 29 weeks now. So I think, yeah, I was like 27 weeks or so. Um, and I was like, what is going on? This isn't normal. Okay, that's not what I was expecting to hear. So the doctor calls me back and she's like, yeah, it definitely sounds like you're having Braxton Hicks contractions. Like, this can be normal here's what you need to do. And gave me like the list of things to do, right? Like take a bath, drink some magnesium, calm powder, put your feet up, rest, have something to eat and monitor yourself for the next two hours. And if you notice that it's happening more than six times in an hour, then you need to go in to labor and delivery and get checked out. So I do the things, I take the shower. I don't like baths. So I took a shower and you know, I did all the other things and, and at, at first it seemed like it was kind of subsiding. And so I was like, okay, we're good. We're good. But then into the next half of that hour, I noticed that it started happening again and it was happening like six times in like 15 or 20 minutes, not six times in an hour. So I'm like, oh my gosh, well, this has been going on. It's been two hours now. Like this isn't stopping. It's more than what she said. I guess we have to go in to labor and delivery the night before we're leaving for our trip. So we call my mom. She comes over. Nora was already in bed. Um, You know, by the time we left the house, it was like nine o'clock at night. The uh, doctor that we're going to is like 35 minute drive from our house. So my mom gets here. It was was actually like 830. So my mom gets here about 830. We get there just after nine. 
and you have to go in through the ER and (laughs) then they take you up to labor and delivery. And it just so happened to be that it was like the busiest night ever. There were like so many pregnant women in there that were, you know, going into labor or having contractions or what have you. And so we had to sit for hours waiting to even get into a triage room. So then we get into a triage room and they hook me up to the monitor and, you know, they're like, we're going to monitor you for 20 minutes and see what's going on. And I was continuing to have these non-painful, but, you know, like Braxton Hicks contractions the entire time. At this point, my husband and I are both like panicking, like, okay, if, if first of all, like if this is labor, we're not going on our trip, which wasn't really the number one priority, but you know, the timing wasn't great. Um, and also we're not ready for this baby. We don't have the car seat installed. We don't have anything set up. We don't have any clothes. Like we have nothing ready to go. We cannot be going into labor right now. Plus it was only like 27 weeks. That was way, way, way too soon. So we're trying not to like panic at this point. So they had me hooked up to the monitor and they come in and oh my gosh, this was so awful. They couldn't just check me because they wanted to do like this test to see if there was like amniotic fluid or something like that um, to be able to tell if I was in early labor. And when they're done monitoring me, it looked like um, I like the contractions weren't showing up on the monitor. So they weren't strong enough to even show up on the monitor. So honestly, I don't know why they didn't just check me and then, you know, tell me whatever from there, but they wanted to do like this test. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess we're here. We'll do it. So they pull out the speculum, which I I double checked and confirmed on this hurts more when you're pregnant. And they took a swab of my cervix. And the worst part was, and this is why they couldn't check me first. They couldn't use any jelly or anything to do this because it would throw off like the test, what they were hoping to find on the test. I am telling you right now, it was the most intensely painful thing I have experienced. More painful than like full-on contractions when I thought I was in transition without an epidural. More painful than that. And I looked, and of course it was um, the midwife, but then she had like a, a trainee. So it was the trainee that was doing it. And I looked at the midwife and I was like, I know you're probably thinking if I can barely handle this, how am I going to handle labor? And she just looked at me and she was like, this is way worse than labor. Like, that's how painful it was. So they do that. And then after they do that, then they're like, okay, now we're going to check you, which is also awful. But in comparison, not as awful as the first part. And they check me and they're like, oh, You are totally like not dilated at all. Your cervix is still super high back there. Like everything's fine. We're not even going to send in this test that we just did. So they put me through all that torture for nothing. I get it. They were just trying to be safe, but holy cow, that was, it was intense. I was like fully violated to see if I was in early labor. And the conclusion was that everything was fine. And so I'm like, well, why am I having these contractions? Like, what's going on? They're like, I I don't know. Like, I guess that's just how it is for you. Like, you're not in in early labor as long as things don't get painful. Like, you're fine. And I'm like, okay, well, these contractions aren't stopping. And and honestly, they haven't really stopped, like, since that day. Like, they're not as intense every single day. But I'm noticing them pretty much all day, every day. So I don't know what's going on. All I know is I'm not in early labor, but my uterus is definitely getting some good practice with these Braxton Hicks. Um, So yeah, so after all that, you know, we have to wait to get discharged, blah, blah, blah. By the time we got home, it was like almost 2 a.m. and we (laughs) were leaving for our trip the next day. It was like a very intense roller coaster of emotions, mostly fear and then relief because, you know, everything was fine. But then also like dread of, you know, I go to bed at like nine o'clock every night. So it was like a late night for me. It was intense. So everything's fine. But yeah, that was definitely the low (laughs) of the last few weeks. So yeah, little TMI, but I had to share that with you all because, you know, it was something that was really big that happened, I guess, in this pregnancy and different. So at least now we know where to go when I go into labor, because that's where we'll be going, assuming I go into labor like after hours or what have you. So 
yeah, it was a nice, a nice drill and a nice wake up call that we need to get some stuff done to be ready for this baby. (laughs) All right. So that's my highs and lows. We're going to take a really quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk all about motherhood. It's time for this week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight. Meet KP Metalworks. KP Metalworks is a woman and mom-owned welding and metal fabrication company based in Bellingham, Washington. With 25 years of experience in structural and artistic welding, KP Metalworks will bring your custom metal project to life with integrity, durability, and individuality. Head to kpmetalworks.com for more info. Mamas, are you searching for your community? Are you still searching for your village? I was feeling the same thing when I became a mom and decided that I wanted to continue to be an entrepreneur. So I felt called to change this and created my own safe space for boss ladies with babies. And I don't just mean infants. Our children will always be our babies. That is a place full of support, resources, and community to help each other break the mold, create a new culture, and make our biggest dreams come true, all while being the mama that we've always dreamed of. Boss Ladies and Babies Headquarters was created for you. This is a community where you can come as you are, share your goals, share your dreams, share the highs and lows of business and motherhood and everything in between, and be fully supported by a community of women who understand you and what you're going through. Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters is full of education, support, accountability, inspiration, and most of all, connection with other women. Check out the link in the show notes to become a member of Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters today. Your village is waiting. And we're back. All right. So like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you know, with this new baby joining the family, I've been really thinking a lot about motherhood and reflecting on my motherhood experience and what motherhood has really meant to me and has looked like to me so far and how I'm feeling about motherhood as I'm kind of starting over with a new baby. I mean, they're going to be about four years apart, which is, you know, definitely like starting over in my opinion. So I've really been thinking about it a lot and I thought it would be kind of fun just to share some of my thoughts and, you know, just kind of talk about where my head is at with all of this happening and all of these transitions and you know, motherhood is such an interesting experience and unique experience for all of us. And I just like to share these kinds of things for anybody who might be feeling what I'm feeling and, you know, kind of relate and feel less alone. And it's just fun to talk about. So I wanted to start talking about how I felt like when I was becoming a mom for the first time to Nora. And you guys have heard the story before of how Boss Ladies and Babies got started, Um, but definitely, you know, having her inspired me to do so much with this platform. You know, for myself, a lot of it was to, you know, vent and get these things out there and really relate to other people, but it, it became what it is now because of her, because, you know, I was having this internal battle of wanting to continue to be a boss lady and be the kind of mom that I wanted to be. And I didn't want to sacrifice. I didn't want to choose. I didn't want to have to give up part of how I wanted my life to be for another piece, right? I knew that there was a way for me to be able to kind of do all the things that I wanted to do and do them as well as I could. I knew that there had to be. And it's not always perfect. And of course, it's not easy, Um, But it, you know, thanks to her coming at the time that she did, it really was the right time for me to feel inspired to, you know, really start what I'm doing now. And I attribute so much of the success in my business and in my career to being her mom. And that is really special and really important to me. Um, But I remember when I found out I was pregnant with her, just being so excited, just so excited to be a mom. I'd wanted to be a mom forever. And we we just were beyond. And then when I found out she was a girl, 
oh my goodness, like that's what I had always dreamed of. And I was able to start connecting with her right away. And, you know, I was just, I was going to have this little baby girl and I was so happy and so excited and so naive. (laughs) Like I had no idea what to expect. And it just, you know, it was a pretty easy pregnancy and a really complicated labor. If you heard my birth story that I shared last week, Um, And it just was like this tidal wave that just like dropped me into motherhood so quickly. And at the same time, it felt like it was happening so slowly. But looking back, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're just like slapped in the face with motherhood, right? Like you have this pregnancy and you're so excited and you're so naive. And then boom, you have the baby, you're a mom. Like it's go time. You've got to figure this out. And I... I've loved every minute. I mean, maybe not every minute of it, but (laughs) like every minute of it for the most part. I mean, I love being a mom just as much well, more than I love being an entrepreneur. Like I love being a mom. It means everything to me. And, you know, for a long time, we talked about the fact that we were only going to have one baby. We only wanted to have one baby. And a lot of that was on me because first of all I had a pretty traumatic delivery labor and delivery with her and second of all I love her so much that the thought of having to share that with anyone else like I didn't see that being possible and it was a long time before we even considered the idea of having another baby because I felt that way for so long that I didn't see how I could possibly love another child as much as I love her And I think as I kind of came out of like this new mom cloud and, you know, she got older and, you know, started needing me less, honestly, I think I was able to kind of, you know, see that, you know, it definitely would be possible to love another baby as much as I love her. And, you know, I feel like our family wouldn't be complete if we didn't have another baby. We want to give her a sibling. We want to, you know have somebody that she can play with I feel like in the long run might give us more freedom and we just we wanted to have like it just felt like four was the complete number for us much to my surprise because like I said there was a long time where I did not see that happening but we'll get into that um, a little bit more I want to talk a bit more about you know what it felt like you know transitioning into motherhood after just being just being an entrepreneur and a wife and, you know, like childless, right? So when she was born, I set myself up so that I could take a pretty long maternity leave. I was giving myself like a full year that I didn't have to do any work. I could work if I wanted to. Um, You know, that's when the podcast really started and I was just kind of doing that for fun. But my main career at the time was real estate and I really put that on the back burner for, you know, if I want to, and if I feel capable, I can, but I don't have to. Um, And at first things were, you know, pretty easy. Nora was a really, really good baby. She started sleeping through the night at six weeks old. Honestly, she probably would have slept through the night sooner, but excuse me, I was waking her up every three hours to feed her. I think even when I didn't need to, I was like, there was so much I didn't know. Um, so she was, she was easy, you know, she slept through the night early, we were well rested, she would take naps, and, you know, I could just strap her on me and do basically everything that I wanted to do, like, pretty easily, she just kind of was like, go with the flow, and, you know, I try to stick to, like, a pretty strict schedule with her, just because I'm kind of a routine person, and I liked it, and she liked it, And it worked for us and, you know, we had like our nap schedule and, you know, it made things run smoothly where I could do the things that I wanted to do. She was getting everything she needed from me. I was being the kind of mom that I wanted to. We were just like going with the flow and figuring it out. (laughs) And, you know, of course there was the challenges, right? Like I definitely had some, and I didn't know at the time, but I definitely had some postpartum anxiety and, You know, there were hard times, of course, but, you know, it's easier to really remember the good stuff. And so, you know, things just things were awesome. And I loved being a mom and I was continuing to, you know, do this work of sharing boss ladies and babies and and relating to women and growing this community. And, you know, it was awesome. And we decided when she was like 
six months old to make a big, huge move from where we were living down to where um, I grew up and where a lot of my family was, just kind of looking for more of a support system. And so we moved when she was six months old and like started completely over. And my husband got a brand new job. I was still like on my, you know, planned maternity leave where I didn't have to really be working for a year. And we just like reestablished ourselves in a new area, which was really, really super hard. I just remember feeling really trapped at home at that point and just really, you know, really isolated, which, you know, we talk a lot about how isolating and lonely motherhood could be. And it was, that was a rough transition. And, you know, I just remember the long, long days where I just felt so stuck at home and not really having any friends or knowing what activities to do and, you know, just kind of like uprooting everything after just like uprooting into motherhood and having like this giant life change just six months prior. It was kind of a bold move for us to do that. But, you know, we got through those those kinks and those humps. And, you know, I, I really think that if I wasn't a mom at that time, like I wouldn't have been as resilient to kind of get through those humps the way that I did because, you know, you're kind of forced to, right? Like you, you kind of have to keep going. And, um, I definitely found myself like pushing myself as hard as I could to keep going. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I found that motherhood has given back to me is, really that like grit and resilience. Like I feel like I've always been a pretty strong person, but the the kind of strength that comes along with becoming a mom, I feel like is unparalleled to anything else that you can experience because you have you have to be strong. And like yeah, we're not always strong and that's okay. Like trust me, I definitely have my times where I'm not strong. But at the end of the day, you know that you have to be strong for this other little human. And I'm not saying like, I'm not condoning pretending or anything like that because you know I like to keep it real. But it's like you you have to learn that everything is going to be okay. And you have to learn to think outside of the box of how you can make things okay, not only for yourself, but for this other little human that relies on you. And, you know, I think that motherhood has made me a lot braver, like definitely. I mean, you guys heard me talking about that cave experience. Like if my daughter wasn't there, I would not have gone into that cave because I was afraid, but I wanted to be brave for her and seeing her be so brave was, you know, something that really pushed me and made me feel braver. And I mean, those are just a couple of the things that, motherhood has really, really changed for me. I also, I have really bad anxiety in general, and I did have like some postpartum anxiety, but in general, like in the grand scheme of things, I feel like being a mom has also helped calm down a lot of my anxiety from what it used to be. I mean, I still have like pretty bad anxiety, but compared to what it used to be, like once I became a mom, it really like switched something in my brain and it really, really helped with my anxiety, which I was surprised. I thought it was definitely going to be the opposite. And then also I feel like without becoming a mom, I wouldn't have figured out exactly what it is that I'm meant here to, that I'm here to be doing, what I'm meant to be doing. And that is, you know, the work that I'm doing with boss ladies and babies. I really feel like this is what I am meant to be doing. I am meant to be a mom to my children and show them that you can be whatever you want to be while inspiring other people to do the same and sharing, you know, my real life experiences and inspiring people and helping people as I navigate through these things as well and teaching them what I've learned along the way and just having this platform to support women because as beautiful as motherhood is, it's also really hard and you know, I think it's so important to talk about those things. So, you know, I've been a little bit all over the place, but, you know, those are definitely things that I learned quickly in my motherhood experience. Like those were things that happened for me fast. And I realized so many different things about myself that 
I hadn't ever realized before. And it, it was really beautiful to watch myself kind of transitioning into this new person, this, this mom. And I just love it so much. And now as my daughter, you know, is continuing to grow and just, just, she's so cool. Like she's so much fun to hang out with and spend time with. And it's been so fun to just like see the type of person that she's evolving into and also notice things that's like, oh my gosh, like you are exactly like me. Like I do that. Or wow, you're exactly like your dad. He does that. It's so funny to see these little traits that she's picking up and and how much she's, you know, watching what we're doing and just soaking in. And it's, you know, if you can step back from the hustle and bustle of the daily grind and just like watch your children and see like their wheels spinning in their head and, and see how much they're soaking in. You know, I try to do that every once in a while to really embrace the moment. And it's, it's so much fun and it's so beautiful. And I just feel so lucky to be her mom. It's so funny because for a long time, like this was like, you know, throughout like that postpartum kind of emotions everywhere time. But I was really obsessed with the fact that if she had been a different egg or a different sperm, she would have been a completely different human. And I like obsessed on that fact of, oh my gosh, what if she was someone else? Like, what if it would have been a different sperm or a different egg and she would have been someone else? And it made me feel so sad to think about the fact that she could have not been her, which, you know, postpartum, <laughs> like brain all over the place. But, you know, like why she is her. So why does that matter? But I remember just like obsessing over that fact for a long time and just like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky it's her. I'm so, I'm so lucky it's her. So yeah, that's a little look into my, <laughs> my brain. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we moved down so where we could be closer to family, which, um, you know, was really awesome. I mean, it's great for holidays and, you know, being able to continue like family traditions with my daughter. Like I love traditions. I've always loved traditions and it's so fun to continue those traditions and make new traditions with our own family. And I just love that stuff so much. And, you know, having children is like the perfect excuse to continue to enjoy that stuff the way that you did when you were younger. Um, but then COVID happened, right? <laughs> and we had only been here for about, what, like just about a year and it was a wild year of us trying to settle in and we hadn't really, you know, got out too much or explored too much or, you know, made a lot of friends or built a super solid support system um, because we were trying to figure out life as new parents in a new area with new jobs and a completely new life. And so, um, you know, COVID has been, COVID as a mother has been pretty challenging. I'm <laughs> like, how can I say this? Like it's, I, anything I say is going to be an understatement. It's, it's been the worst, right? I mean, you parents listening can relate. Like it has been the worst. Cue my anxiety coming back like really bad. Um, and just being terrified all the time and having to like make decisions every single day, like really hard decisions every single day about, what's best for the safety of our family, but what's best for our family in general, like what's best developmentally, developmentally for my daughter and what's best for her to be a kid, you know, all of these concerns that we're carrying all the time with COVID. And it, it's, it's been so exhausting as parents. It has been so exhausting. The decision fatigue of every single day, these uh, risk assessments basically that we have to pull out every single day has been so hard and so challenging and definitely to this point and I haven't been a mom for that long but to this point it has been the most challenging part of motherhood and I realized that you know COVID came and it's here and you know it might leave someday or whatever but there's always going to be something where we have to make these risk assessments and these impossible decisions for our children throughout their lives, right? And it was kind of like this just giant eye opener of, 
Like this is stuff that you're going to have to experience as a mom. Like these are decisions that you're going to have to make, not just right now. Like when COVID's over, like you're still going to have to make these crazy decisions. And that was, that was really eye-opening and really scary. And, you know, sometimes you just feel like no matter what you do, you're failing and any decision that you make is wrong and there's no right answer. There's impossible decisions around you all the time. And that's been really hard, but I think it has really helped prepare us collectively as parents for the hard things that are going to continue to happen in life with our children, right? I feel like, like I said, there's always, always, always going to be something. So I wonder often like what I would be like as a mom if COVID hadn't happened when it did and how much has that shaped, you know, my relationship with my daughter and, you know, just my general mother, my mothering in general, you know, how much has that changed? And, you know, obviously we'll never know because, you know, a pretty new mom and when this all happened. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of reflect on that and see how that has changed things. But COVID also really inspired me to slow down from real estate because, you know, the plan was to continue working real estate as full-time as I could with my daughter home with me. And, you know, I, I was bringing her with me to showings and, you know, I've built everything around the fact that I'm a mom. So I loved, you know, talking to my clients about the fact that I'm a mom, letting them meet my daughter, like working with my daughter, like that's, that's how I want things to be. Right. And so, um, when COVID happened and real estate shut down and then, you know, it reopened and then, you know, the idea of first going into strangers' houses, meeting up with strangers, and then bringing my daughter with me during during the pandemic when things were so uncertain just was not, was not the vibe. I was not feeling that. And so I took a big step back from real estate. And, you know, that's really when Boss Ladies and Babies took off from just a passion project for fun on the side kind of hobby into what it is now. And, you know, again, this all started and was inspired by my daughter and continues to grow because of my daughter. Like the things that I'm learning from being a mom are the things that I'm able to teach other women. And I mean, I feel like that's a lot of like weight to put on one little person. Like she, she gave me this, like, you know, she inspired this for me and I will always, always, always be thankful for her. Um, because of that. So when that whole slowdown happened with real estate and it gave me, you know, even more time to just kind of focus on being a mom and focus on being the kind of entrepreneur that I wanted to be and building my relationship with my daughter and figuring out new ways to work, you know, with her evolving schedule and how she's changing into, you know, this little independent person and how I'm changing. And it just, it's been such a fun experience to to navigate this together because she's growing and learning at the same rate, well, maybe faster, but at the same time that I'm growing and learning. And, you know, there's so many days where both of us are just like doing the best that we can to navigate through this together. And I, I like to tell her really often, like, mommy's learning too. And, you know, mommy is, mommy's trying and I'm learning and I'm growing just like you. And, you know, we're, we're doing this together, even though I'm her mom, like she's teaching me so much every single day. And we're really just doing this together. And I love it. I wouldn't change a single piece of it for the world. So here we are now. She is going to be four in July or not July, my pregnancy brain. (laughs) the new baby's coming in July. She's going to be four in August. And I can't, I just can't even believe it. Like one day I woke up and she was a baby. And then the next day I woke up and she was like a big kid. And it blows my mind how, how I have a four-year-old almost. I, I can't, I can't believe it. And (laughs) You know, we have a new baby coming into the family and she is so excited and it seems like she's at the age where she can really understand 
what this means and what's happening. And, um, you know, I'm sure when he's actually here, that's going to shift and change. But for right now, it seems like she, you know, she has a pretty good grasp of what this means. And she's so excited to be a big sister. And we're so, so excited to see her as a big sister because she's just such an incredible kid. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how this has been, like realizing that our life is about to change and we're about to complete our family as a family of four and, you know, having a toddler during my pregnancy, (laughs) like it has been pretty intense. This pregnancy has been completely different from my last pregnancy, like night and day. So when I was pregnant with Nora, I, you know, I had like some morning sickness. I remember feeling nauseous often, but it was like a level of nausea where I could still do other things. Like I remember clearly like doing things while being nauseous. With this pregnancy, I ha- I was so, so, so sick from like six weeks through, I can't even, at, through like at least 13, 14 15 weeks. And then, I mean, I was bed ridden. My hair was falling out because I was so sick. I couldn't work. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I don't know how I got through that time. I mean, my husband was a freaking saint, but he was working and I was home with Nora all day and by myself, you know, me and her and, and my nausea. And it was a dark time and I, I don't know how we got through it. There was just a lot of like pushing myself, but I, I just like, I've blocked it out. I don't know how we got through it, but we did. And I mean, my husband would come home and then he would, you know, take her to do fun things and make dinner. And for a solid three months, like I was a ghost of myself And I really fell into a deep, deep depression because I lost my ability to function. I was kicking myself about the type of mom that I was being to Nora because I could not handle anything. I lost my ability to work. I was not able to exercise or even like go on walks was so hard. I could barely handle it. I could barely stand up. And I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. Like it was really bad. And um, yeah, I just looking back, I'm like, how the heck did we get through that? But we did, right? We did. And after the nausea went away, the fatigue took a really long time to go away too. I don't think I started feeling like really better until like almost 19 weeks is finally when I started to like start to get back into the groove of my life. Um, and so that was a doozy that, (laughs) that was unexpected. I, you know, was hoping to have like this, another like super easy pregnancy, just like I did with Nora and, you know, just like go about it, have this cute bump (laughs) and call it good. But that was definitely not the case. So anyway, I also um, had really envisioned that this baby was going to be a girl. I had, I only have sisters. Like I just, my whole life imagined if I had two kids, it was going to be two girls. Obviously, like we can't plan this stuff, but that's what I really thought in my head. And I, you know, we had a girl name picked out and I was always thinking of this baby as a girl and all of the wives tales were saying girl, all of my symptoms were pointing to girl. Like everything was pointing to girl, 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 girl. And I thought for sure we were having a girl. So we had our gender reveal party and that's when we found out that we were having a boy and I was in pure and complete shock. And I was really afraid that I was going to have some like gender disappointment because I wanted it to be a girl so bad. And I imagined Nora playing with another little girl. I had saved literally everything from her entire life in like completely convinced that if we had another baby, it would be a girl. And every time I packed away something of hers, I was like, oh, I'll see this again. I'll see this again. Right. And 
ironically, their due dates, so Nora's due date was July 24th, and this baby's due date is July 23rd. So if the baby was a girl, all of the clothes that I had would have been in the right size for the right season. Like, it was too good to be true, (laughs) like how that would have worked out. Um, But surprise, it was not a girl. And to my surprise, I did not have the gender disappointment that I was expecting to have. It took me like maybe 24 hours, maybe 48 hours to like accept the fact that it was a boy and kind of change this like script I had in my head of what our life was going to look like and just like switch my expectation a little bit. But once I fully wrapped my head around it, I was so happy that the baby was going to be a boy and I was completely surprised. And I started thinking about like, this means that Nora and I, she's still going to be my daughter, like, and we're still going to have this bond and this relationship that we have because she's going to be the only girl. And then this new baby, I'm going to have this new bond and different bond with him because he's going to be the only boy. Because one of the things that I was really freaking out about when we found out that we were pregnant was that, you know, Nora and I's relationship was going to change, which obviously it is, obviously it is, but we're so close and I just was really afraid of how it was going to impact her and impact me because I'm hard on myself and, you know, I want to be the best mom for her that I can possibly be. So anyway, the fact that it's a boy actually makes that feel a lot more comfortable for me because we can still maintain that mother-daughter relationship and, you know, and then have a separate equally as special relationship with my son, which is still kind of weird to say. Like I still... (laughs) It's going to be really weird having a boy, but I'm so excited. And so we had to really come up with the name. I told my husband, you know, and it was like this with my first pregnancy with Nora too. Like I always knew that was going to be her name, but we had to like decide on it for sure. I need to have a name to start really connecting with the pregnancy, especially with how sick I had been and how depressed I had been and just how isolated and awful I was feeling like We got this exciting news that the baby was a boy. Now we needed a name so that I could start really connecting to this baby boy. And so we had kind of a hard time choosing a name that we both agreed on. But this is kind of a funny story. I was getting a massage and I was laying there and I was thinking of names and this name popped into my head and I started like envisioning for the first time like this little boy with this name. And as I was thinking about it, the baby started moving and it was almost like he was saying like, yeah, 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 I like that name. So then I told it to my husband and he was like, oh yeah, I like that name too. And that's his name, which we'll tell you guys later. Um, So I started to really, really be able to connect to the pregnancy at that point and connect to the fact that it's a baby boy. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to be like dark cloudy, but for me with, with Nora too, and I think this has to do with my anxiety, it's hard for me to start to connect because I'm afraid that something bad's going to happen. And if I connect, then I'll be more hurt. Um, and so I've, I've been with both pregnancies, like pretty careful about the amount of like bonding and connecting that I do. And that's, that's so dark and I, I hate that for me, but, um, that's the truth. And, you know, now here I am in my third trimester and I'm feeling like really good and like, like not physically, (laughs) but really good um, emotionally with connecting with the baby and, you know, getting ready for him to be here and all of the things that come along with that. But the complexity that comes along with a second child is, I mean, I knew it was going to be a lot, but it's, it's so much more than I was expecting because, you know, you have that initial, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that we're having another baby. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like our entire life is about to change forever and nothing will ever look the same. And oh my gosh, like we're in a really good groove right now and we're going to be starting completely over. Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Like I still have this other whole human to take care of and, you know, grow and teach and mold into an amazing member of society. And now I have this other baby that I'm also responsible for and my business and my marriage and my friendships and my, you know, relationships. And it's like so easy to spiral in fear of the unknown, right? And so in a lot of ways, I feel 
I, I can't, what's, I don't know what the right word would be. Like with the first pregnancy, I was afraid of the unknown, but also so naive. Now with the second pregnancy, I'm afraid of the unknown, but also like more terrified because I know what to expect, if that makes sense. So it's just, it's so complex. And like, will I love this baby as much as I love Nora? Like, I know that I will. Everybody tells you that your heart just grows, but it's like, it's scary to not know, to not have the baby here, to not, you know, to not be a mom of two yet and not understand that. Cause all I know is the experience of being a mom of one. And so there's just so many, you know, things like, what if it's awful? (laughs) Like, what if they hate each other? What if it's too much? Like all of these what ifs that of course come along with pregnancy and motherhood in general, but it's just like, you know, you don't, you don't think about this when you're like, let's have another baby. (laughs) Right. I mean, at least we didn't. So, um, yeah, now, now it's too late. And it's like, of course we're so excited, but I'm also, I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm honestly freaking out. Um, this pregnancy has been awful. So, you know, I told you guys about like the first trimester into the second trimester, into the second trimester, my hips really started to hurt while I was sleeping. Um, and then this horrible thing started to happen where my rib cage, if I was on my feet for too long, just felt like it was being literally ripped apart inside my body, which I didn't experience with Nora either. And, um, my body, it just hurts. And now, you know, late second trimester into my third trimester, the hip pain is so bad. I'm, I'm not sleeping at night. Um, I'm having a really, really hard time sleeping because I'm in so much pain and nothing seems to really be helping. The rib thing is happening again now too. It's just like, ah, my body is like, it's not loving this. And I've been, you know, besides that first bout of nausea, time frame. I've been really active this pregnancy. I work out three days a week. I go on walks. Um, additionally, on top of those three days a week that I do actual workouts. And so it's like, I don't know, it's been, it's been physically really, really, really hard on me. Um, but more so emotionally, it's been really, really, really hard on me. I, I have really been suffering with the anxiety throughout this pregnancy. Um, just like really irrational, anxiety and, and also rational anxiety. Like the world is a pretty scary place right now. There's a lot of really scary things happening. And oftentimes I find myself like, and we're bringing a baby into this world. Like, oh my goodness, that is, that's crazy. Right. And then also I've been suffering with a lot of depression during this anxiety. And I think it started, you know, because of the beginning and what happened at the beginning, but I've felt really, alone and really isolated and, um, not as emotionally supported as I need to be. And it's, you know, to no fault to the people in my life who are definitely trying. And my husband is, you know, so, so, so helpful, but it just, I don't know. It's, it's been really, really hard for me this time. And I don't know how much of it is, you know, like this, deep worry of what it's going to be like with two kids and, you know, how it's going to change things for Nora and how it's going to change her life. I know it's going to change her life for the better. Like that's the thing with depression, anxiety, like, you know, rationally what things are, you know, you can like figure out the rationality of things, but that doesn't change the way that you feel. So that's been really hard for me in this pregnancy. And I'm pretty worried that it's going to bleed over into postpartum. Um, and so, you know, I'm bracing myself for the potential of postpartum depression and anxiety and other mood disorders. And we'll just kind of see what happens with that. But, um, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And at the end of the day, I am super, super happy that we are bringing this other baby into the world. I'm really, really excited to have a baby boy. I'm excited to grow our family. Like, the depression and anxiety aren't overshadowing all of those feelings. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of excitement that comes along with it. Um, but like I said, complex, right? There's a lot, a lot, a lot of emotions. 
Anyway, not sure if you heard that knocking in the background, but, you know, speaking of mom life, was just being interrupted by Nora knocking on the door there. So I got a little thrown off track, but um, yeah, it, you know, it feels good to talk about this stuff. And I think during this pregnancy, it's just been a really good reminder of how important surrounding yourself with community, you know, really, really is and surrounding yourself with people who understand what you're going through or have been in similar experiences of, you know, similar experiences as you and knowing that no matter what you're feeling, you're not alone and it's normal and it doesn't make you you know, any less than because you're feeling these things. Um, and that's something that I've really been working on reminding myself, um, throughout this pregnancy, because even though I am dealing with like the physical strain and the emotional strain, like I am working to find people that I can talk about it with and, you know, just kind of feel less alone. And I'm really also, you know, trying to remind myself, like, this is going to be the last time that I'm pregnant. And so I want to embrace all of it. I want to embrace the really hard stuff because that's part of my journey and that's part of my experience. And I, I don't want to just like rush through this because I'm miserable, right? I like, I really want to savor this part of my motherhood experience because I'm growing a human inside of me while growing a human outside of me. And You know, it really, it really is amazing, even though it is so hard. But, you know, all of this is why I want to continue to support other women and why I want to talk about this stuff and, you know, just share these experiences because this is a completely different experience than what I had with my first pregnancy. And I was surprised by it. And, you know, it's scary. And all of it is scary. Motherhood is scary. Motherhood is it's a lot. It's hard and it is beautiful and it is an adventure. And like, sometimes it feels like a never ending journey and it just, there's so much that comes along with it. We can't do this by ourselves and we should never feel like we have to do this by ourselves because we're taking care of everyone. We need to make sure that, you know, someone's taking care of us too, even if it's just a listening ear or a simple me too, or, you know, any kind of relatability that we can make with other people. So yeah, that's where I'm at with this one. So I've got what I'm, I'm 29 weeks. So I've got a couple months left and I'm really also fearing what labor is going to look like. I'll keep you guys posted on all of that. It looks like we're going to be having another big baby. So we'll find out at the end of this month um, if we will be able to attempt a VBAC or if we're going to have to schedule a C-section. Um, and so that's just another big question mark <laughs> that's floating around out there for me. Um, but yeah, so I'll keep you guys posted on that. But at the end of the day, I just feel like motherhood is what, I I mean, I was meant to be a mom. I was meant to be a mom and I was meant to share my message. And I feel like motherhood has changed my life, obviously, but so, so incredibly. I mean, I can't imagine what I would even be doing if I weren't a mom. I, I wouldn't even want to imagine that because I feel like this is how things are supposed to be. Like, this is what I am here to be doing. And just growing these little humans and growing myself right alongside them is the most amazing experience that I could ever ask for. And I feel so lucky to be able to do that. And I feel so lucky to be able to, you know, as much as I joke about starting over, I feel so lucky to be able to do this again and start over and learn even more and, you know, look at motherhood with a new perspective as a mom of two and relate to so many more women as a mom of two and just really see like what things are going to be like with another baby. Like I, I think it's going to be really hard, but I'm up for the challenge and I can't wait to meet my son and see what kind of baby he's going to be and see his little personality and 
and also learn new things about myself and see how how he changes me too and what you know I learn from him and how I grow from him as well because like I said Nora changed my life so yeah that that's that I know I kind of rambled a little bit there but I I just you know I've been thinking about all this stuff a lot lately and Felt good to get it out of my head and out there on the podcast and just kind of share what motherhood has been like for me. And, you know, I think if I have a hope for how motherhood is with this new baby, I hope that I can find my groove and I can, you know, kind of fall into this next season of my life gracefully <laughs> and be you know, open to what that's going to look like and be flexible and, you know, really continue to just grow and enjoy life as a mom and just be the best that I can for my kids, right? We're all out here just doing the best we can. So that's, that's my hope for, you know, moving forward in motherhood and yeah, it's been a wild ride. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode and Next week, we have a really, really incredible guest that's going to be talking to us about postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression and maternal mental health in general. So, you know, continue to continue honoring the month of the moms. I brought this guest on and the episode was so good. It's it's so good. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So stay tuned for next week. And until next time, you've got this mamas. Stay bossy. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at Boss Ladies and Babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community, coaching, merch, and more at bossladiesandbabies.com. And until next time, stay bossy.